Hi everybody, it's Larry with Restoring the Farmstead Podcast. Today is July 15th, 2016. This is episode 19, and boy has it been a busy spring. It's been quite a while since my last update on the podcast. Let's see, Um, March, April, May, June. It's been too many months since the last time I recorded, and that would have been back on March 4th. So what I want to do is give you updates on the various areas around the farmstead, what has been happening, maybe what hasn't been happening, because there's always plenty of stuff that doesn't get done. But why has it been so long since I've made a podcast? Well, that has been a frustration. It has been a busy time, and just extra time hasn't easily been found. Uh, We've had birthdays. We had a high school graduation. Uh, My wife has had Girl Scout Day Camp. There's been a variety of things at work, farm activities, also some different technical problems. Typically, I record the podcast on my iPhone, and it's an iPhone 5, and everybody in the family says, I need to get a new one. The battery's not lasting as long. I'm kind of in agreement, but uh, if it's working, I don't necessarily want to replace it if I don't have to, but I think I'm getting to that point. So what I'm doing today is I'm here at the farm, I'm using my laptop, and I snuck into my son's room and got one of his internet microphones that he uses, and that's what I'm recording on today. It says blue, so apparently it's a pretty good microphone. We'll see how it sounds. But anyway, with uh, with the iPhone, I just haven't been able to record long podcasts, and hopefully this will work out fine and get me back on track. So let's see, what has been happening? I'll give you a run-through on some of the, the smaller things, and then we'll move into the, the, the bigger ones that I'll share more information on. First, in the bottom ground this year, we do have beans planted. My cousin Troy got those planted, and with the rains that we've had over the past week, they are looking uh, like they're coming along pretty good. So I'm tickled about that. We've had one mowing of hay, and we're starting on a second mowing of hay this week. Uh, And there's an interesting story about what happened last night with the hay. I'll share that with you in a little bit. Uh, But we did get several uh, big round bales. And hopefully we're going to get some more uh, as this uh, as this crop of hay comes on. There's a lot more um, uh, clover in this particular cutting, so I'm hoping that'll give us some more bales with more uh, more good nutritious uh, hay for the cattle that we sell it to or sell it for. <sighs> Speaking of hay, this spring I thought I was going to have to just bale the yard up here at the farm. The three lawnmowers that I have were all three out of commission. Uh, The John Deere 400, uh, it needs to have an overhaul on the engine. And after not having uh, a profit off of the corn last year, that looked like I was not going to be able to get that one fixed inside the budget. So it's just sitting there. Uh, My little Simplicity, which has about a, oh, I don't know, 36-inch cut, uh, it's been having trouble just with, it needs a new battery, and I go through belts way too frequently. And that just, it, it, it's an, another aggravation of frustration. Something underneath is not in its its right place, or the belt that I'm getting, 
may not be the right size, but it looks like the right size. And, and so that mower has not been working good. The black Poland mower, it has been a pretty good workhorse. And I was out mowing with it, or started mowing with it, but it had a funny rattle sound. So put it up on the uh, uh, ramps, looked underneath, cleaned out all the, the leftover grass from last year that didn't get cleaned out, looked it all over, pulled on the, the belts, everything looked fine. Went out and mowed again, all of a sudden I heard a big bang and a crash, and I turned around, and the mower blade was off and laying in the grass. So I stopped it, went back there, and was like, wait a minute, there's more here than the mower blade. And so the spindle that was uh, on top that mounts to the mower deck and the pulley that is uh, attached, it had all come off. And it had broken the, uh, the spindle part. It didn't break the mower deck, but it did break that part. So I haven't gotten around to finding any parts, but with some encouragement from my wife, we decided it was time to get a new mower. So we have a uh, zero turn Skag 52 inch mower and I love it. It is, it is fast. It is powerful enough. It has a, a Kohler 24 horsepower motor. It cuts the grass good even at a high rate of speed. The turning is, I mean, it just, it increases your ability to get the yard done in a, a small amount of time. And up here, there's probably around three acres that gets mowed. What it normally took, depending on which mower I was able to use before, anywhere from six to eight hours to get everything completely mowed. With this, it's about two and a half hours. So if any of you have a large yard uh, out in the country or just even a, an exceptionally large one in town and you do not have a zero turn, if you're in the looks for uh, looking for a new mower, I would definitely say consider a zero turn. I am very impressed with that feature. Uh, I enjoy it. Skag, I had never heard of that brand before until I, I stumbled across it at a local dealership. And I did some research. I liked what I saw. So far, I really like what I see in it. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a fabricated mower deck but rather than a stamped out one. Um, it just cuts great. It just cuts great. I have the, the model that, well, I can't remember the exact model. It's a residential one. Uh, sounds like I'm doing a commercial. No, they're not a sponsor unless they want to want to be a sponsor. But I, I don't think there's enough of you listening for that to be an issue. But uh, so far, very pleased. Uh, so um, the yard is getting mowed in a very timely manner. And frankly, I... With it, with it taking this little amount of time, I, I'm not sure if I need anyone else helping me right now. Um, let's see. Moving on, the bees. Uh, this spring, I had grand plans for working with the bees. In our bee club, the Crossroad Beekeepers, we had two bee schools this spring. Um, actually, it was in winter. It was in February. One at the beginning of February, the other at the end of February. And the end bee school was one that was for advanced beekeepers. And we had a gentleman from Missouri, his name escapes me right now, but one of the things he shared with us and gave us a handout on was 
uh, ways of manipulating your hives to maximize honey production and, and at the same time maximize uh, your bee production to create splits and have more nukes either to expand your bee yard or to sell as nucleus hives to other people. And I had every intention of putting this into practice. He had a calendar laid out. You do this on this date, on this date, on this date, on this date. And so I worked inside of that pattern, scheduled days off from work, and it just didn't work out very good. Um, I do know one thing. I've got some old queens, and I need to get them replaced this month uh, so they can have a a good go at it for the the winter time. Uh, But I had a, a couple more hives that had died out over winter. I've got a couple of weak ones. I tried doing some splits that didn't work very well. Um, And they're not making as much honey as I would anticipate. Even in years in the past, they just aren't messing around with the the honey supers. So I I need to figure out why that is. Um, It could be because of just we had a little bit of a drier time during eight, or I'm sorry, during May. What's the other month? June during June, uh, and there may not have been as much nectar as there had been in the past, uh, but uh, I'm going to be going out there later today. I'm looking to pull honey off and start doing some extraction over the next week. So that's kind of where things are with the, the main bees. I do have, right now, my bees are in two locations. I have my primary bee yard, uh, that is uh, north of on the north edge of the farmstead, and then I have two hives that are near the lane coming back. And I just didn't get them moved. They were heavy at the time when I was moving the others, and they're grumpy. They're they're a little bit of a bunch of grumpy girls right now. So I just I go over there. I can smoke them, and they're just kind of still all over me. I'm you know thinking about what to do there. But as I, uh, and one of them has good amount of honey in the honey super, the other hasn't done anything with it, and they're sitting side by side. But the interesting thing that happened was my neighbor uh, cutting the uh, hay, uh, it was his uh, son that was doing it, a young son who was, uh, he's learning farming, he's an exceptional young man, I'm very impressed with him. But he, he turned and clipped the hive stand that I had my two hives on and they went tumbling down and he saw what happened and from the story that I heard last night he uh he he followed his dad's advice quickly turned off the uh the tractor and uh headed out (laughs) to the house and got his dad and they went over there um and the, the hives are perfectly fine uh I was able to get them put back up he wound up with one sting whenever he went back the second time uh, to show him what uh, what had happened. And uh, from what I understand, he had to do some acrobatic maneuvers in order to try to get the bees off of him. But he did get one sting on the side. So I feel bad about that. But you know what? You, you tip over beehives, it could have been a whole lot worse. But they're up and, uh, they're up and functioning again. And, uh, and if... And if uh, the opportunity arises this weekend, I, I probably ought to get them moved over to the other bee yard. So that's that's kind of the update on what is happening with the bees. Oh, Thelma and Louise are cats. 
Actually, they are on my naughty list right now because of last night. I got up after after I had work and supper. I came up here. I was going to be spending the night last night, and I brought up some breakfast, and I had a pork chop from, from last night's dinner left over that I was going to have with my breakfast. Or, I'm sorry, with my lunch today. But I didn't right away put the food in the fridge. I set my stuff, my stuff down, and I forgot about that I had cold food that needed to be put away. And the cats followed me into the house. Well, when I left in my bee suit, I didn't think I was going to be that gone that long, but I wound up uh, visiting with the neighbor for quite a while afterwards. And when I came home last night, I looked where I set the bags down, and there was a torn open Ziploc bag and a half-eaten pork chop. So, I hope the cats enjoyed it, because I didn't get to. So, But otherwise... Thelma and Louise been doing good. They're great companion cats up here at the farm. If I'm working on something, they're either playing nearby or they're laying around watching me work. They seem to be amazed with that. Uh, they also, uh, you see them a lot of times with the goats. I think they do sleep with the goats a lot of times. Uh, just animals being around animals. And speaking of the goats, that's where most of the activity this spring at the farmstead was. So let me uh, flip over to my little note sheet here to, to help me out. Uh, you've heard me talking over the past several podcasts about trying to get the goat fence set up around the wooded area. I, I'm calling, I guess, the woods pasture for them. Wanting them to do a lot of cleanup of the brush, undergrowth, small saplings. And uh, that fence did get completed this spring, uh, and the electricity's working great. And every now and then, when I'm up here, I'll hear a goat yipe where they got too close, wasn't paying attention, and got bit by the electric fence. So that's up and running. We have had to do a little bit of repairs on it because the deer run through that area, and they will just... It's 17-gauge it's electric fence wire, so it's not a real strong... Uh, you know, tension wire or anything. And when the deers hit it, they will break through it. So I've had to do a few repairs. And actually, I've got a repair that I just saw uh, a broken wire, and I need to get out there also and get that one fixed. But the the electricity is still doing good. Um, let's see. On our bucks, uh, we have uh, Rocky, and he is uh, still currently at a neighbor's house. He went over there. Uh, back in March, I believe it was, and uh, he was uh, over there to uh, visit a lady goat, and we just haven't gotten around to getting him back, and we need to get that done. The wife and I keep saying that over and over again. Need to bring Rocky home. Mr. Tumnus, um, it, it was kind of interesting when we were, I had um, birthing pens built out of pallets in the machine shed for whenever we were going to have, whenever the baby goats came along. And uh, one of them got dedicated to Mr. Tumnus for a while. Uh, he was doing some bad limping, and I thought, okay, him and Rocky just got into a bit of a sparring match, and he got hurt. And, uh, and he was just having a hard time, so I thought, well, tell you what, I'm going to put Rocky, uh, take him down to the neighbors for the, the breeding that was wanted and got him moved out. But Mr. Tumnus was still having a hard time. So I put him into one of the birthing pens and eventually we wound up taking him to the vet and the vet thought he had Lyme disease. 
I didn't know goats could get Lyme disease, but it is, you do hear about reported cases in this area. So we, he uh, wound up taking two rounds of antibiotics, and I can say now he's, he's walking around just like he did before. So whether it was Lyme, whether it was something else, he's doing pretty good and is back out in his regular pen. Uh, Phantom, uh, our weather that we got last spring, he is in the pen with Tumnus when we started doing some rearranging. For a while, him and Lucy uh, were together, and uh, they were just like two teenagers, uh, causing trouble, jumping fences, because they're both good jumpers. And so we wound up separating the two of them, so... Uh, Tumnus is, has been with Phantom for uh, most of the past few months. But now let me get on to the big excitement with goats from this spring, and that was babies. If you follow the, the Farmstead podcast uh, on um, Facebook, or if you are personal friends with me on Facebook, you've probably seen some of the pictures uh, with the babies. And so let me give you a rundown. I don't have the dates of when they were born, but... Um, it was in uh, the last part of March, first part of April. April is when they came, and we thought, we thought that uh, I believe it was who was it? We thought we thought it was going to be Duchess and uh, Midnight were going to be the first ones to have babies. They just seemed to be showing more signs, so we put them in the birthing pens. I don't know for like two weeks or three weeks. And they they weren't having babies. And it was like, holy cow. You know, we just kept looking and looking. We were driving up here twice a day and and nothing was happening. So we put them back in the regular pen with the other goats. And uh, they wound up having theirs a little bit later. But our first one to have a baby was Princess. And she had a little buckling that we named Vincent Van Goatee. And he is a cute little fella. He has tan and white, and he got lots and lots of attention. So now he is very socialized with humans and believes he has a special relationship to where when we're there, he ignores the rest of the goats and he comes by us. And we've been, over the the past couple of months, we've been letting him come outside with us because he's like a little shadow and follows us around. And then he goes over and he eats the, the low leaves off of the grape harbor, and he thinks that's his special treat. However, the past couple of times when we've let him out, uh, he doesn't want to listen, and he kind of runs from us. So his uh, free-range venturing uh, days may be over as far as outside the goat pen. Then the next one to have a baby was Rudy. And again, this kind of surprised us because, you know, we didn't think she was that far along, but it was on, I believe, a Saturday. We were up here and we had, I think, five or six of the grandkids. We had, were having a lot of fun with them, picking up sticks. Uh, we had a little cookout and roasted uh, hot dogs and marshmallows. And the goats were walking around in the, the wooded area in the big fenced-off woods. And they were eating and jabbering back and forth. But Rudy was kind of standing off by herself. And she was hollering, and and I just kept, you know, looking at her and looking at her going, there's something not right with this goat. And then she started walking back to the pens by herself. And so I said, I'm going to go check on her, and uh, she definitely had signs of going into labor. 
So we got our, our uh, birthing kit out, headed over. The grandkids were there. Um, the uh, oldest daughter and her husband came up to the farm to see. And we actually got to uh, witness and assist our first goat birth. And uh, he was another buckling. We named him Skeeter. And he also, his mother is naturally polled, meaning she doesn't have any horns on her head. And neither did Skeeter. He had no signs of developing horns and never did, and has not to this day had any. So he definitely has that, that polled trait. And that's something that we want to keep as an option for some of our goats. So we're going to keep Skeeter as a buck. So, so as my wife says, Skeeter's going to be a stinky goat. Uh, if you don't know what that means, hang around a buck pen for a while. You'll definitely know the scent. Uh, then shortly after that, it was on a Friday, I believe. And uh, Thursday or a Friday. And uh, Duchess, when um, uh, my wife and one of her friends um, came up to the farm, uh, Duchess had had a baby. Uh, another uh, little buck, and it looked like she was going to have another one. And so they waited, and they waited, and they waited, and being we're new at this, we didn't know how long to wait. So, you know, make a long story short, uh, the wife called me, I called her, we checked with the vet, the vet said, get her in. And so we uh, we took Duchess to the vet uh, in Effingham, and uh, Duchess, the, the baby was twisted, wasn't able to, to get out, the second baby. And uh, her cervix was closing down, so they had to do an immediate C-section. The, ba- the second baby, the twin, did die, uh, but Duchess survived very well. Uh, had an interesting shaved patch on her side, and when the hair came in, it was a little bit of a different shade of brown. That was kind of unusual. But Eben, he is a smaller uh, pygmy goat. He is he is very cute. He is very adorable. Uh, we had several pictures of him being snuggled a lot because we uh, we had to just give a lot more extra attention at the beginning uh, due to uh, Duchess and the surgery. But he is, he is also one that is very socialized to humans, uh, and that's little Eben. So we had uh, a single birth, a single birth, and then we had twins. One of the things we also learned from talking to some goat people is we were giving quite a bit of supplement feed to our uh, pregnant does. And uh, we found that that's not good with pygmies because it'll make the baby grow too big inside the mother and then there's complications with pregnancy. So we kind of felt bad about that afterwards. Uh, the day after um, Duchess had the baby, had, had uh, the twins there, had Eben, I'll say, that survived, I went up to uh, feed the goats And we had one goat, Scribbles, that just never showed any signs of being pregnant. When the other ones were getting bigger, uh, she just looked the same, acted the same, jumped the same, you know, just not showing any signs of being pregnant. So we thought, well, let's get her over with Rocky and, uh, and see if we can get her to breed with him. 
And this was, I guess this was when Tumnus was inside the shed in the birthing pen when we were working with him and his leg issues. And she was in there for about two weeks and thought, okay, well, we'll need to move her out again sometime soon. But I went to feed them and she was laying in an area where I keep the hay. And when she got up, guess what? There was a baby goat. I was absolutely dumbstruck. How did this baby goat get over here? It just wasn't initially appearing to me that she could have had a baby because we didn't think she was pregnant. That's why we had her over there with Rocky. And and Rocky was chasing poor Scribbles all over the pen for two weeks. And she was pregnant and had no signs. She had been checked just uh, a day or so before when... uh, uh, we were doing some either medicine or hoof trimming, and she didn't. Her udder wasn't changed at all either, and this was her first birth, and uh, so she had a little girl. So we had a little doling that we named April because of the month where she was born. So we we had those two, and then we had I believe it was the next day on Sunday. It was raining. We had gone to church and drove up here to the farm. Dawn went into the farmhouse, I went out to the goat pen, and Midnight had had a baby. And uh, she was standing in a little, like a doghouse that we had there, uh, standing in there, and the baby was standing next to her, and then outside of the doghouse, where the rain was coming down on it, was the twin. And we thought, oh, I thought, oh my gosh, the twin has died. And so I quick ran over there, and I picked up the baby that was, you know, wet from rain. And it moved a little and let out a cry. So I ran up to the farmhouse, and we we tried some different things. And eventually we looked up on the internet what to do to see if there was any ideas. And the suggestion was made, get a, a sink full of warm water at 102 degrees or was it 104, 102, 104, something like that, which is the the goat's normal body temperature, and give the baby a warm water bath. Uh, so we did that and worked the legs, and uh, within, I don't know, 40 minutes, 45 minutes, uh, the baby was acting normal in there, uh, was moving its legs, was crying, uh doing its thing so we uh we got it out and worked at getting it warm and we were so excited they were both little bucklings and since we had had a thunderstorm we decided to name them thunder and lightning and lightning was the one that you know had nearly died so they were they were eating uh we got it after a few hours we got them together with the mother and they were both nursing good and it looked great we didn't know whether to take the take lightning home uh, and feed it with a bottle or whether to let it stay with the mother. But the signs were showing, you know what, the baby looks good, like it's going to work out. And uh, so we left them both there with the mother. And then in the morning, uh, my wife came up, it was a Monday morning, and little lightning had died in the night. And I tell you, we just, we had a very hard time with that. That was... That was very hard on both of us. We had had so many births in a short period of time. The first, you know, go around with having babies uh, in in number. And it was. It was just hard. 
uh, we both love these goats and it just just tore us up so we wound up burying a uh, little lightning on the hillside uh, just across from where the goat pens are and uh, and so we have thunder and then we waited and we waited and we waited and finally Queenie had her baby and our babies she had twins and now this was Queenie's second time uh, just like for midnight this was her second time none of the others had had babies before and so Queenie had a boy and a girl a little buckling and a doling and uh, we thought about all different names the naming of the goats has been quite an interesting challenge there, there's been a lot of opinion that has been made uh, but we wound up going with uh, Luke and Leia in honor of Star Wars and so uh, they uh, they were in the machine shed for a couple of weeks and then we moved them out with the rest of the does and uh, and things continued on as far as where they are now we uh, in the buck pen we divided it in half and we have Mr. Tumnus and Phantom uh, on one side and then on the side closest uh, closer to the to the main goat pen we have our three bucklings that are still intact goats and so that is uh, Skeeter, Thunder, and Luke. So they are going to be stinky goats. Uh, Skeeter and Thunder we're going to keep here on this farm for breeding purposes. And uh, Luke we are looking at selling. Uh, we had a family that was lined up and we haven't heard from them lately. So we may have to go to the next one on our list. We had quite a few people that were interested in getting Luke as a buck. Uh, and then we have two new weathers. Now, if you don't know exactly what a weather is, um, this is a castrated male goat. And so we took Vincent and Eben, because they were so socialized to us, we, uh, we decided to uh, um, make them uh, weathers so that they would always be around and we didn't have to worry about them breeding with the, the, the female goats, with the does. And then I haven't talked really much about Lucy. But uh, Lucy is the actual first goat born on our farm. And that, that was back last summer. And so we were looking at this spring trying to breed her so she would have one in the fall. Uh, well before winter came. Uh, Lucy and Phantom were quite a pair and even now, where she separated from Phantom, she does not like fences. And she will jump inside, between individual pens uh, on a regular basis uh, where we have our main goats uh, kept. But to keep her inside the, the, the big fence where uh, we don't want the goats wandering around the farm, she was able to jump over the, cattle, or the, the hog panels, which are about three foot, uh, with with no problem. She was doing that and walking around the farm. And, and our big concern was we didn't want a predator to pick up her scent if she wandered off for a ways and either get killed or follow her scent back to where the goats are. Uh, so I wound up putting additional strands, three strands of electric fence around the the goat pen area. And, that, and those strands are on top of the 
um, hog panels. So that's raising up quite a bit. She challenged it a couple of times. She's not challenging it anymore. <clears throat> we did, when we were trying to get her bread, it's kind of interesting because we have cattle panels around that part. So that is not at three foot. That's up at four foot level. Did not think she would be able to jump out. She managed to jump over the four foot fence. So she is our teenage troublemaker, as we a lot of times call her. So she did not get bred because she did not like the idea of being chased by a male goat. <laughs> so that's kind of the update on the goats. They're a lot of fun. Um, they're, uh, you know, they're not too, too much of a headache. Uh, they did get into the, the, we have a trash can that seals tight and we, uh, we keep that in, in between the pens in an area where we don't want the ghost to go, except Lucy can jump in there. And she has taught little uh, uh, April how to jump. And so April, from just a few weeks old, she could jump on top of a pallet that I had on edge. So it's like three and a half foot high. She's able to jump and Stay on point and just land on the edge of the pallet that I used to, to block off a section. And uh, so she's quite a jumper too. But the goats got into the area where we did have the goat feed and knocked over the trash can, opened it up, and ate about a half a 50-pound sack. So we now have that out of the goat area. <laughs> <coughs> Let's see. Moving on from goats. Um... Looking at the farmhouse, uh, I still need to get underneath the house to dig some deeper trenches because uh, we don't have a normal foundation here. It's an old, old, old 1880s uh, foundation, which is basically the house is just resting on uh, uh, blocks, uh, concrete blocks. But I need to get under there and do a little digging so we can get the... Uh, uh, gas, the propane gas going to the cooking stove. We have not had that since we had the gas leak uh, back uh, in the winter time. So got that to work on, but then had the water go out and I had to put in a new water system. Uh, if you're on well water, one of the things that you have uh, either in a well house or what we have in a cellar house, down in our cellar we have the pump and then we have a uh, water tank that has an air bladder in it that allows for there to be water pressure in the house when the pump isn't running. And that had gone bad. It was very old. Uh, it was a Wards brand. So if you know how long ago Wards was in operation, this was not bought at the very end of Wards time. This is They don't even make the connectors for this anymore. So I had to, had to learn about plumbing and, and working with that. So that was that was a challenge for a week coming up here. I think I made five or six trips to Menards, either returning or getting different or new parts. But uh, that's the scoop on the house. Otherwise, we didn't have any freezing pipes or anything over the winter. And then the final thing that I'll share with you is, again, our, our goal is not just to have uh, restoring the farmstead with a lot of livestock that we drive up to see and spend time with. We want to live here. And the farmhouse, it's, it's kind of turned more into a museum uh, where we have just, it looks like when my grandparents lived here for the most part. There's more clutter 
that has accumulated, but that's getting weeded down. But we've always talked about building a house up here. And so now we have decided we're going to move on the faster track. We want to be up here. We enjoy being up here. The kids are out of high school. Uh, Jess has uh, moved up to her mom's and is living in Urbana to go to Parkland. Uh, Aaron still has some time at Lakeland before he goes off to university. And he's actually out of the house doing a summer internship uh, with the National Park Service in South Dakota. So he's gone during the summer months. And so we are starting to move forward with the plans to eventually move up here. We're getting the house in town uh, decluttered. You sort through stuff. I've lived there for 25 years, so I need to go through a lot of things. Uh, stuff to keep, stuff to sell, stuff to throw away. And then we're working on plans, house plans for the new place up here. So all that is we're trying to move forward on. And uh, with the plans that we sell the house and then uh, uh, in town, then start the building process. And then in that meantime, uh, probably live in the farmhouse. Um, if other options come up, we'll take those options. But that's kind of our initial plan. So we do want to be out in the country. I've spent 50 years, 51 years living in town. Uh, I want to enjoy the country life while I still physically can. I don't want to wait for too many years. And that's the same way with Dawn. So, oh, long podcast today. It looks like we're approaching 38 minutes. But, uh... Those are the updates. I hope to have a podcast more frequent than just uh, every few months. Uh, get back onto a regular schedule. If you uh, if you like the podcast and you feel inclined, please go out to iTunes and uh, and uh, give me a, a rating. If you like the show, consider a five star rating. That bumps me up a little bit so other people can find the show. If you don't like it, well, like I've said before, just keep your comments to yourself. Don't slam me. This is fun. This is supposed to be fun. I'm not claiming to be an expert. I'm far from being an expert. I'm a 51-year-old greenhorn who's trying to figure these different things out. Uh, oh, speaking of <laughs> speaking of green, green reminds me of John Deere. John Deere reminds me of that cotton pick and chicken plucking tractor out there. I'm still trying to get it started, and I have to. Uh, the propane uh, put on a bunch of uh, new electrical things. My cousin Brad helped me with that. It ran for a little while and did fine, and now it's not wanting to start. So that's a project also for the weekend because I need to do some mowing. Uh, in the CRP, I need to do some disking uh, for interseeding this fall. We weren't able to do the interseeding in the spring. Uh, it was just too wet, so I've got to get it done. Um, and so, again, there's always something. There's always something on a farm. There's always a breakdown. There's always something you don't get completed, but there's also always fun. And now with a well-manicured lawn all around the pond around the hives. Uh, I've got a couple of walking paths that are mowed that, that goes around the west pasture. Um, it's pretty. It's nice. Uh, and uh, any of you that are my friends that are close by want to come out sometime, give me a holler. You know how to get a hold of me. Anyway, thanks for listening. 
Uh, have a great weekend, and God bless. <laughs>